Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Good morning. This is Dr. Jennifer Conzin with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And in our previous broadcast, we talked about the impact of sexual abuse on the marital sexual relationship. And we're going to today talk about a completely different topic on just what does the Bible say in Song of Songs about sexuality. But I want to start out today because sometimes Song of Songs can be difficult to listen to because people have a difficult background in sexuality. It can be hard for them to read Song of Songs. It can be hard for them to listen to a sermon on Song of Songs because it's such a positive book. And if someone has a negative background, it's it's just hard. So although we're going to spend the majority of today talking about that, I want to begin today with what I did not cover on sexual abuse. And that's the scriptures that sometimes people have to, can go to, can meditate on in order to overcome the challenges that they've had in their background. These scriptures are not about sexuality, but they are about hiding in God. You may have a background in your marital relationship that's been painful. You may have a background in your family life that has been painful. And you may need some scriptures about where do we go when we're in pain, when we're sad, when we're crying. So these are some of my favorite. Just going to throw them out there. Psalm 32 verse 7 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. God is our hiding place. Then in Psalm 91 verse 1, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. As we discuss sexual topics, you may need to go rest in the shelter of God's wings. Do that. Spend that time. God promises that he will bring deliverance. In Psalm 31, he says, David says, Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight, yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. This is Psalm 31. So God, when we are feeling like we are a city under siege, when we feel cut off, we can cry out to him and he is our place of mercy and help. I love farther along in Psalm 31 in verses 19 through 20, it says, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who take refuge in you, in the shelter of your presence. You hide them. In the dwelling, you keep them safe. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was a city under siege. So again, you get that under siege metaphor there. God is a place of shelter, a dwelling in which we can be safe. He will show us the wonders of his love. It is vital that we go to him 
for our refuge, for our comfort, when we feel, when sex becomes scary, when marriage becomes scary, when life becomes scary, that we find God as a place of refuge. A couple last ones I just want to share with you. Psalm 17 says, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 32, 7 says, you are my hiding place. Psalm 143, 9 says, rescue me for I hide myself in you. I, in different times in my life, have had to go to these scriptures and it's just comforting to me to know God says, you can hide in me. Okay, I don't necessarily want to hide from God. I don't want to hide from the world. I don't want to hide from people. But sometimes I need to hide. And I'm not sure how to do that. Sometimes you have that feeling of, I just need to hide. God says, hide in me. Hide in me. I am your place of rescue. I am your hiding place. I am the shadow of my wings that you can hide under. So go to God. He is our place of rescue. I am now going to go into Song of Solomon in starting this broadcast with these scriptures. For those of you who have a hard time listening to Song of Solomon, read those scriptures first. Meditate on them. Remind yourself. And then you might be able to listen to this broadcast. For those of you who are listening to this particular broadcast because you just want to know how should I react to sexuality? What are some fun things to do? What are what does the Bible say? Well, let's talk about it because the Bible's full of incredibly wonderful words when it comes to sexuality. In fact, before we jump into Song of Solomon, just a reminder, I love Proverbs 5, verse 18 through 19. It says, May her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. I've talked about this in a previous podcast, but I just want to hit it here that the word here, satisfy, may her breasts satisfy you always. It means rava in the Hebrew, and it's a, it means to drink one's fill, to be saturated. And then the word intoxicated, may you be t- intoxicated with her love, is the Hebrew word shaga. I hope I'm saying that right, which means to reel. It means like when the, the reeling, like when you're drunk, like you're enraptured, you're captivated. And so you're swerving all over the place because you're intoxicated. So these are the words that God uses. Now, obviously, this is about the male's response to the female body. But these are words God uses to describe sex and how it should make us feel. And no question that God would want these words to apply to both the wife and the husband, that God wants us to be intoxicated, to be um, saturated, to be reeling, that sex is so enjoyable that it makes us walk around swerving all over the place, right? Well, that's also celebrated in many ways in 2 Corinthians 7, um, in an almost opposite way, Paul is admonishing the unmarried to to stay unmarried. He's well, he's he's telling them that hey, at least uh, you know you can do more because when you get married, you have to you know be focused on your wife. Then he says in an, in another verse, he talks about how if though you're unmarried and you're burning with passion for the other, meaning probably the one you're engaged to, then you ought to get married. So he tells them, just go get married, right? Well, what's the word there? The word there is burning, which in the Greek is peru, which means fire, hence 
the burning with passion. Literally, it burns you up. So he's saying that take the burning and put it in marriage. So in other words, sex in the marital relationship is supposed to cause woohoo fire. So it's not just the whole idea of do your sexual duty that some people interpret from Paul's passages in 2 Corinthians 7. No, no, no. It's not supposed to be duty. In fact, if you're stuck in duty land, it's duty. So <laughs> you're doing a duty. So it doesn't work. <laughs> the, listen to previous podcasts, buy our book, and find out how to get out of just doing sex out of duty. God actually wants sex to cause us to reel, to feel intoxicated, that it causes a fire in our marriage. When you look at Song of Songs, there's just so many lovely words. So let's go there. We've we've played around with some other scriptures. We said we were going to do Song of Songs today. Here we go. Let me let me review a few terms with you. If you've listened to previous broadcasts, you'll already recognize what I'm going to do here. But stay with me. Listen to this next set of words. When you hear these words, what do you think of? Leaping, climbing, seeking, jewels, earrings, ribbons, all-you-can-eat buffets. Battles, chariots, crowns, swords, shields, trees, wind, rivers. What are you picturing? When you hear all those words, what are you picturing? Think about that for a moment. Most of the time when I speak those words out and I've got a crowd in front of me, they'll say uh, kings and queens and battles and uh, lords and ladies and everybody dressed up and, you know, these big banquet tables of food and they go out to a battle or kids climbing trees and pretending and dressing up like knights in armor and rescuing maidens and, you know, all these kinds of pictures of fun and playfulness, right? Well, all of these words are literally lifted from Song of Solomon, all of the words I just read to you. Wow, right? If you want to get a picture of what Song of Solomon says about sex, just look at those words. God calls us to have the kind of sexual relationship that's fun, that's enjoyable, that's adventuresome, that's intoxicating, that causes fiery feelings. God wants our sexuality to be fun. It actually says in uh, Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 5, that we should be roused by sex. And the word here in that verse is stirred up or awakened or excited. So sex should stir us up. <laughs> Sexual feelings should stir us up. We're supposed to be stirred up. Often when people come from a, uh, a Christian background where I'm supposed to wait for sex. It's only supposed to be in marriage. They have squished down all of their sexual responses to the point that they feel like it's bad to feel those responses even when they're married. The stirring up feeling where the, the, the genitals might throb, the penis might become erect. I do have married men who will tell me that they, when they are just walking with their wives and they'll just by the process of being with her start to feel aroused, they feel bad about that and they try to push that arousal down. And it's like, why? <laughs> it's actually a good thing that you're aroused by your spouse. Well, part of the reason is because some women get offended by that as if that's a negative thing. 
And that can be attached to a lot of different things. They might feel like, oh, now, see, all he can do is think sex. But that bodily arousal is actually created by God. Now, if you tie it in with that the female body should always be her body, then she has that right to say yes or no to sex, and the husband should always honor that, and that's a previous broadcast that you can listen to. However, it is vital to understand that the arousal and the stirring that happens is in the Bible. It actually says we're supposed to stir it up. We're supposed to rouse it up. So reclaiming, um, that's, a, that's a word I like, <laughs> reclaiming the God-given stirred up sexual response is a big part of appreciating sexuality within the Bible. We're going to go into some other pieces about Song of Solomon in just a moment, but I just I want to take a break here and share about this program and where you can get some other help um, or you can get some more questions answered. You can, if, if this program is full of so much information that it's speeding by you, go read it slowly. You can go buy The Art of Intimate Marriage on Amazon. You can find a link for it on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. You can buy, we have cards. Go buy our cards. They're, they're, they're ways to start to communicate about sex and to communicate about not just sex, but your overall intimate relationship, your marriage. Those cards are available online at Amazon. Go buy them. They're five decks. They go along with the book. The book actually refers to the cards as far as some exercises to do. Go help each other with how you communicate around sexuality. On my website, you'll also find all of the previous recordings, and you'll find links to uh, my blog and to our new book called Redeemed Sexuality, which is for individuals. It's a guide for the uh, on sexuality for Christian singles, campus students, and teens and parents. So that's Redeemed Sexuality that is also going to be out on Amazon in September. So there are some resources that you can go read, listen to slowly. Go do those things. Also on my website it, um, is a link where you can contribute. This is a listener-supported ministry. If you find this helpful and you want others to listen to it and you'd like us to continue here on Kbright, please go make a donation. We love being here. We'd like for more to hear. All right. Let's talk some more about Song of Solomon. Such an amazing passage all throughout the scriptures. Let's turn there. So turning to Song of Songs chapter 4. Let's start there. Let's just read it straight out of the text. In chapter 4, starting in verse 1. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming from the washing. Each has its twin, not one of them is alone. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David. You, uh, verse 5, your two breasts are like two fawns. Verse 6, until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. 
all beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. What are some things he says here? I mean, he describes in detail her body. He talks about her eyes, her hair, her teeth. He talks about her lips and mouth and her temple and her neck. And of course, her breasts. Can't leave that out. Right? All these different parts of the body are mentioned. Later in uh, uh, verse 10, he says, How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any spice. Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. So he talks about her smell. (laughs) He talks about her smell, right? He compliments her breath. When's the last time, husbands, you complimented her wife on how lovely she smells and how lovely her breath is? Do you tell her her voice is sweet? If you look in chapter 7, verse 1 through 9, it says, How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter! How graceful your legs are, like jewels, the work of a craftsman craftsman's hands. Your navel is a round goblet that never lacks splendid wine. Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Your breasts are like, there's the breasts again, are like two fawns. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pools of Heshbon. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like a royal tapestry. The king is held captive by his tresses, by its tresses, how beautiful you are and how pleasing, O love, with your delights. I have to keep reading. It's just the best part. Okay, keep going. Verse 7, your stature is like that of the palm and your breasts like clusters of fruit. And I said, I will climb the palm tree. I will take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like the clusters of the vine and the fragrance of your mouth like apples. And your mouth like the best wine. Notice how he talks about her body. He starts talking about her feet and her graceful legs and her navel and her waist. And of course, her breasts. There we go. And her neck and her eyes and her nose and her head and her hair. And then he talks about climbing the palm tree. So here he is talking and exploring her body. And then he goes to the breasts. Um, The most common thing that wives will say is, he touches my butt and my boobs and he forgets about the rest of my body. Well, not only are the touches often not happening, but the words aren't happening. Do you compliment your wife on her feet? (laughs) Do you? Do you compliment your wife on her face and how lovely it is? Do you talk about... You look at the the poetic imagery that's used here, and he says that she's like the dawn, that she's fair as the moon, she's bright as the sun, she's majestic as the stars. How we talk about our spouse's body is vital to how our spouse will feel about sexuality. It says in Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 7, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Song of Solomon is an incredibly sensual book. The parts of the body that are sensual are all the parts of the body. It's not just the breasts, although absolutely the breasts are mentioned multiple different times. And 
It's not wrong to find the breasts arousing. However, it's important that we enjoy sensual touch to all parts of the body and that it feels sensual. It might not cause her vagina to throb, but she might really like being touched there. So it's important to understand that often men will say, yeah, but does it get you aroused? Well, no, but I still like it. So sensual enjoyment of the body is biblical. Sensual touch to the body is laid out very clearly. Enjoy when you climb her body, touch all the parts. Talk about all the parts and then get to the parts you like best. However, all the parts are important. Okay, so that's from the lover to the beloved. That's the guy in Song of Solomon talking about the girl. Let's talk about how the girl talks about the guy. So look at chapter 1, verse 16 of Song of Solomon. I'm turning my pages with you. So verse 16 says, turning there, How handsome you are, my lover. Oh, how charming. And our bed is verdant. Chapter 2, verse 3. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my lover among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. Chapter, uh, sorry, keep going. Verse 4. He has taken me to the banquet hall, and his banner over me is love. Now turn to chapter 5, verse 10 through 16. What's that say? It says... My lover is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with chrysolite. His body is like polished ivory decorated with sapphires. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of pure gold, and his appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely. This is my lover. This is my friend. Wives, how are you doing talking about your husbands? Do you compliment his hair? Do you compliment his eyes? He needs it. He needs you to touch his body and tell him that you like his body, his cheeks, his lips, his arms. Now, you see these 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 uh, sensual phrases here about his arms and his legs. Really, it really portrays the strength of his body. Do you compliment him on the strength of his body when he can carry things? Do you say, mm, I like it that you're so strong? Do you compliment his body and the strength of his body, his legs, his arms? Do you talk about the sweetness of his mouth, right? Do you enjoy his mouth. How you talk about his body. Husbands, wives, we need to be relearning and taking in Song of Songs so that our words to one another reflect the scriptures. There is such erotic imagery all throughout Song of Solomon. Let me just list a few for you. Look at Song of Solomon in chapters 1. Look at verses 2, 4, 13, and 16. 
Look at chapter 2, verses 6, 9, and 16. Look at chapter 3, verse 4. Look at chapter 4, verses 3, 5, and 6, 11, 12, and 16. Chapters 5, 2 through 4, verses 13 to 14 and 16. Chapters 6, 5 through 9, and 7, 7 through 9. I'm going to give you a quick review of all the phrases that are used in those that I just said to you. These terms are taking off a robe, wine gently flowing, flowing over the lips and teeth, browsing among the flowers, kissing on the mouth, resting between the breasts, flowing springs, eating choice fruits, a hand thrusting through the door. There's a very erotic, sensual imagery in Song of Songs. It lets us know that that's how our sexual relationship can be. It can be. It may not be what you're experiencing, but it's what it can be. That disrobing brings enjoyment. That flowing over the lips. Now, we are pretty sure that he's not just talking about wine here. He's talking about uh, the myrrh going among her garden in the and going to the mountain of myrrh. And the mountain of myrrh could be an allusion to oral sex and to his mouth on her vulva and the flowing wine of the fluid from her body when she's aroused. And it talks about it coming over his teeth, very sensual. And of course, this would be sexual imagery. If it is only sensual, it's arousing enough. Remember earlier I said this should arouse you? Some of you may be listening to that and actually feel listening to this passage and reading today and feeling aroused. If we think about our spouse with these words, it should arouse us. We should be physically aroused when we think about sexuality with our spouse. Allow your marriage to become erotic. Allow the words of Song of Solomon to spur you on. The, the terms in Song of Solomon that are used over and over have to do with the flowing stream. And I've mentioned that in a previous broadcast. Running water, flowing channel, a cistern, and a fountain. All of these terms have to do with a continual regeneration of, of, of water where it's made fresh and new. Go read Song of Solomon. Go learn how to blow <laughs> on each other's gardens. There's more blowing that needs to happen, not just to the husband, all right, but to the wife. So here we are on a Christian radio station talking about blowing, and we're not talking about blowing up a balloon. So read your Bibles. It's in there. Enjoy one another sexually. Enjoy the incredibly erotic, beautiful imagery that Song of Solomon brings to the sexual relationship. This is Jennifer Conson on The Art of Intimate Marriage. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Conson to address here on air, email her at jenniferconson at yahoo.com. Conson is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. jenniferconson at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. 
to give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Condon's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.